Welcome to the Wandering Sun Podcast. I am your host, Eric Villatoro. If this is your first time on the podcast, what we usually do here is have conversations with people who are actively being transformed by Jesus. And today, I have a really, really special guest, one of the best drummers in the country, co-founder of Perks, a drum sample company, lead drummer of Upper Room, a prayer house, and a global movement in Dallas, Texas. Welcome, Sebastian Suarez. How you doing, my brother? I'm good, man. It's good to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Bro, thank you, man. First of all, congratulations, because there's a lot There's a lot going on at Upper Room. You guys just, as a, as a collective, just got number one album. Yes. Which is crazy. You guys just released a new instrumental album. Can you just give us an update if anybody doesn't fully know who Upper Room is, who you are? Can you just give us a yeah. quick little summary of what's going on? Yes. Well, my name is Sebastian, and um, I am one of the uh, Levites here at Upper Room in Dallas, Texas. Upper Room is a prayer room. It's a prayer house. Um, we do um, morning, noon, and night prayer three times a day, uh, six days uh, out of the week. And obviously, we have our Sunday services. Um, but our main focus is uh, ministering to the heart of the Lord and uh, just loving Jesus. And uh, wow. we get to do that through worship prayer and intercession. Uh, so we've been doing it for, I don't even know how long. I've been at Upper Room for like since 2012, 13-ish. Um, but yeah, I've been there for a minute and uh, that's that's what we do. We just we just gather together and we minister to him and we love on him uh, mm. and it's a beautiful blessing. And uh, yeah, that's kind of a little bit about me and a little bit of my journey. I know this is the intro, so I'm, I'm sure we're going to get into a lot of details. But Yeah, man. Well, you just mentioned that you're a, a Levite. Yes, and sir. And this was actually brought to my attention recently. Um, could you explain what exactly, what what that means exactly? Is, what is a Levite? What does it mean to be a Levite? Yeah, I mean, I mean, in the Bible, David, uh, I don't even know. I might butcher this, so don't, don't, like, <laughs> Don't kill me for this, but he he appointed uh, Levites to minister to Jesus in the tabernacle of David. Mm. So what I am is uh, there's we we uh, my job at Upper Room is part of the Amos Project, and there's like three four Levites, and our job is to uh, be in the prayer room uh, morning uh, every morning. I'm there every morning from six a.m. to two p.m., and I am just intentional with the prayer room. I uh, me and my uh, Corey Russell, he's like our boss, but he's more like a best friend to us. He is, he bleeds intercession. He loves intercession prayer. He's a prayer room uh, guy. And my cousin Julian, Joel and Alyssa, um, they're actually part of the Amos Project with us as well. And um, our, our main focus is the prayer room. So we are in the prayer room. Um, pretty much that's our job to steward the people that are there to to make sure that they're okay to make sure that we have full teams uh skilled teams it says uh, uh play skillfully unto the lord so we make sure that we have skilled musicians prayer leaders and that that we're just we're, we're hitting the focus and that the focus is ministering to him and loving on him so uh a modern day levite is kind of just that like we we just show up and we pray and then I have my prayer sets that I do. I'm in there, I mean, 12 to two on Mondays. Uh, and then I'm also do 6am on Wednesdays. So, um, that's my position. There's just to make sure that all, all of our people are taken care of, make sure that, uh, 
we have skilled teams and that everyone's meeting the goal, which is just simply to love on him. You know, um, when I first noticed you was, um, I think about a year and a half ago. So I came to Jesus about a year and a half ago, right? Come on, man. And um, obviously coming from the world, I'm, I'm very much accustomed to listening to all types of music and um, I, being completely honest with you, I was never really a big fan of like um, rock or any contemporary type of type of music, right? But when I came to Jesus, like something like began to happen, where I was like, "Wait, this is different." And one of the first uh, uh, groups that I heard was Upper Room, right? One of the first ministries oh. that I heard was Upper Room, and I remember um, specifically being in my room listening to like surrounded and um and uh uh just these different songs and and not really fully understanding what was happening but just being broken down and uh and and i remember looking at the 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 video because i had i was like on my knees and i had the phone on like by by my side right and i remember looking down at the video and i saw you drumming and what caught my attention to be honest with you was that you're Hispanic. And I was like, <laughs> that dude's Hispanic. That's cool. Um, That's really <laughs> cool. And so, man, where where are you from? Where's your family from exactly? Where do you yeah. guys originate from? Man, I love this question because it's it's so funny. Like half of Upper Room is Hispanic. Right. Like if not, I think at Upper Room, we are the, it's like majority Hispanic and then everything else. So it's really, really funny. So I'm from Colombia, from Bogota, Colombia. And uh, yeah, me, so me and I have three cousins, which also uh, are part of the Upper Room Collective. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the keys player, Oscar, the bass player, Gabor, and Julian is the guitar player. So we're all actually blood related family. Um, so we, me and my family, we, we, us four cousins, we've been doing worship for about, uh, I don't even know, man, since like, since I was in like seventh grade. Um, so it's, it's just crazy. So yeah, I'm, I'm Colombian and, and yeah, half of the whole band is, is Hispanic, which is really funny. Is everybody Colombian or you're, you're just specifically Colombian? No, we're, I mean, me and my four cousins are Colombian. Uh, everybody else, I think Joel's from, he's Mexican, but he's from, uh, not Venice. I don't know where he's from, Ventura, yeah. something like that. Okay. Uh, California. And then Alyssa's from Borger. And I think those are the only two like kind of Hispanic people that are on on, Dude. on our team. That's great, man. I, I'm like, um, that just makes me like, I don't I don't know if it's bad, but it makes me super proud, you know, to be able to to see you guys rapping that way and actually be really, really, really good, you know? Um oh. and, and I'm specifically excited because I know that there's a call um in in central america and latin america as a whole right now to to you know just revival yes. and i think you guys will definitely play a part in encouraging you know young kids in the church to be able to you know go after it um, yes. or you know to be able to even go back there and you know give back to the communities have you given that some thought have that um has god revealed something to you as far as like going to latin america and doing something out there Man, I, I don't know how much details I can share because we're still in the process of like figuring it all out. Sure. Uh, but I know that uh, our heart 
is for Latin America. Uh, we are actually, it's actually really funny that you're mentioning this because my heart's been burning for Latin America for like the past three weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. Just uh, all, all of our people, I think. Uh, so all that to say, we're, we're, we're planning to do, I don't know if I can put this in this interview because I don't, I didn't get really, I didn't ask, but um, <laughs> we're planning to do a, a, um, a Spanish album and uh, we're, there's, it's going to be really, really devotional focus. It's going to be wow. beautiful songs. I think me as a Hispanic kid uh, coming from Colombia to the United States, um, there's not much that like you, you can grab hold to. But my mom always, always taught me to grab hold of, of, of the Lord. So I was always um, listening to worship music listening to Marcos Witt, Marco Arrientos, mm. like all these people that are just like staples in the Hispanic uh, community for worship. And uh, that's, that's really what impacted my life. That's how I, 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 I started playing drums is because I loved listening to Marco Arrientos and I loved watching Keith Banks on the drums. And I was like, bro, wow. whatever he's doing, like he would prophesy on the drums. And I'm like, I understand you. I don't understand you, but I understand you. And I was like, bro, that's what it's that's what it is and that led to us encountering jesus uh at like seventh grade and man we've been rocked ever since i I, so the hispanic community is like very heavily on my heart it's so much on my heart that we actually are doing um from nine to ten uh a.m on tuesdays we are gathering all the hispanic leaders in our community all the hispanic leaders in dallas that we could think of because like it's really funny that like a lot of the like staple people in the worship community in, in the Spanish worship community lives in Dallas. So we're yep. just trying to gather everyone and we're the sole purpose isn't to, isn't an album. That's not the end goal. The end goal is we're, we're loving Jesus together. So we do a, a, from nine to 10 AM, we do a prayer set for uh, in Spanish for all of, uh, we're just gathering Hispanic leaders that we know in, wow. in the region just to pray and love on the Lord. And uh, I mean, we did our first one where we gathered two weeks ago this week. We couldn't cause we're like on lockdown Yeah. Um, and man, it was so powerful, man. It's so beautiful. So yes, I, we are, yes, we're all about Hispanic community. You mentioned being, you know, seven years old and encountering Jesus. What, what exactly did like Jesus do in your life? Because what I've learned is that there's usually a moment where you encounter um, the spirit of the Lord in a different way where it's just like, okay, this is it, you know? Did you have a moment like that? Yeah, I think, well, for me personally, I've, I've always loved, um, my mom grew, grew up in church. We, yeah. My mom is a single mother who brought her four-year-old kid to, Colum- or to the United States from Colombia. So we, my uncle was also a pastor. So we would actually like walk to church um, we would just walk every, so I grew up in church. I did everything in church. My mom, church was a big deal in my mom's life. Mm. Uh, I'm so thankful for that. She went out of her way to make sure that we were at our Wednesday night services. So I grew up in church. doesn't mean that I was the perfect child, but I just knew that I was always in church. Um, but around sixth grade, uh, I, I, I wasn't really, I knew of God, but I didn't really know that he was a real man, that he Mm. actually loved me. Uh, that he died on the cross for me. I just knew that church and Jesus was a Wednesday night and a Sunday morning type thing. And that was really it. Um, seventh grade comes around and it was summer between the summer between sixth and seventh grade. Um, 
my cousins, uh, like I said, their dad is a pastor and uh, his dad decided to pray just right before their, uh, my cousins left and they got rocked. They like, they encountered Jesus in such a way that they called my mom and they're like, Hey, I don't know what's going on, but you need to be here and you just need to show up and you you just need to show up. So we went, we were, it was like a Saturday night. We were like, just going to pray. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's pray. And then we'll like go out to eat or something. I don't know. We'll do something. And it was like, no, we prayed and Holy spirit fell. And we went from like, I don't even know, like I'm just going to throw a number like five to 9 PM. Like we were on the floor, like, just encountering Holy spirit. And I didn't really know what was going on. I just knew that I felt, I felt the love that I'd never felt before. I felt, um, I felt known. I felt understood. I felt in one moment, I felt everything. Uh, and it was just from that moment on where I was like, like put drums aside from that moment on, I started my journey with Jesus. I started, um, understanding that he's a, he's an actual man who, who wants to know what, what my heart wants. He wants to know what, what my heart doesn't want. He wants to know the real, how, what, how I really feel about him. And um, I just started that journey. And man, that, that was the moment for me where I was like, this, this man really, really loves me. And not only loves me, but cares to listen to me, listen to me when I talk to him. Um, so that was that moment for me. That's crazy. My question would be like, okay, how, how do we go about now to, uh, figuring out how to um, cultivate an environment now where, where kids can experience that at their church. Yeah. Is that something specifically that you guys are being intentional with or um, that's happening? That's so, I love that. I love all your questions, first of all, because they're really good. Um, in, in our, at Upper Room, we, it's not like a normal like church. If And I'm not like saying that, other churches aren't normal, but like at, when, when we do worship, the kids are at the front playing. Um, so it's very common for like kids to just be in the environment that we are in. Right. Uh, me growing up a little bit now, and I'm not saying that I know everything, but I've just, I've, I've been there and I've gotten to, the cool thing about Upper Room is that you get to unlearn a lot of things that in a past season of my life, I thought that worship was this. Right. And now coming here, I'm like, I'm unlearning all these things that I thought I needed to do to do worship. So it's really cool that we get to do that. But then to have kids in the midst of that, like literally kids just playing around in the presence of God, they don't really know what's going on. They just know that they're in there. There's something about being in the room. Um, just like my uncle, he said, I don't know what's going on right now during this prayer meeting, but you need to get here and you need to be in the room. Yeah. There's something about... Uh, just being there, like, like you, I mean, I'm at 6am prayer Monday through Thursday. Some days I'm tired and I don't want to be there, but there's something about being in the room um, that, that just shifts something in your heart. So I, I believe that it does something to our kids. Wow. Um, I, I, my kids there, I know that they're going to be raised in the environment where uh, we just, we love Jesus and we minister to him and we just love on him and they're going to be in the room in those environments, because I think that's what, that's what shifts, um, mindsets. That's what shifts hearts. Um, so yes, uh, I think that's how you cultivate it. Just having kids being in the room, whether they're crying, whether there's something going on, whatever, like that's how I love that question. Have you had any crazy experiences with Holy spirit as 
your drumming? Oh my gosh. Yes. I've had What's 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 like one of the one of the top ones? There's so many. I mean, every time every time I play the drums, I think it's such a personal thing for me. Uh just because that's how I communicate. Uh what what that's how me and the Lord communicate and then oddly in a weird way that's how he tells me to communicate. So I'm communicating something when I'm playing. So every time I play, there's something um, specific that's going on. Um, if I can name one, I think um, there, there's this moment where, uh, where one of our worship pastors, uh, his name is Jonathan Lewis. We call him Jalu, so I'm just going to say Jalu. Uh, we were just in a, in a spontaneous moment. I don't know what was going on. And... Um, I was feeling in my heart, I was like, why do I sense like history, history, the history that I have with the Lord? Um, and I was just, that was bubbling in my heart. I didn't know why. I was just like, man, I started to reflect on the days where I would have to pack up my little electric drum set and, wow. and bring it to my cousin's house and then set it up. And then we would worship uh, with my cousins in their, in their parents' room. And we would play for hours and not really know what's going on, but something was, was going on in that little room. And I was just reflecting on those times. And as I was reflecting on it, he says, I want the band to play just from their own history. Just singing that. And man, as soon as he said that, I just instantly went to a different place. I don't even know what I played. I believe that when you're, when you're in those moments, it doesn't necessarily matter what it is that you're playing. It's all about the heart posture. My heart was connected to... Um, to the history I had with the Lord. So I'm already playing from that place. He confirms that and starts saying that. My cousin starts playing all these all these chords and all these uh, melodies and we're all just in it. So it's, it's just crazy how Holy Spirit's communicating one thing to me, which I think is personal. I'm not really acting upon it. And then at the same time, Holy Spirit's communicating something to our worship pastor, now communicates it to the whole band and we're all like this in unity communicating the same thing and it was it was a beautiful moment for me because there wasn't any singing it was like he, he said i want the i want the musicians to prophesy about the history they have with the lord and it just man it was a really powerful moment so if i had to say one that's like out there that like you guys could probably listen to is probably that one um that was a really beautiful one. okay give me let's let's keep going give me give me one more give me one more because it's <laughs> oh, beautiful man, man. you know like like it's it's you know even as you were as you were saying that right now um i'm i'm into film you know and i and i feel like the lord is calling me into filmmaking um and as you were even just saying that it was just like a movie you know like you it's just crazy so if you could share another one that'll just be great man just to give glory to the holy spirit oh man let me think let me think of another one um Man, if I if, there, if we were at a we were playing at a conference, where were we? I think we were in Cleveland, Ohio, and it was a small little conference. And um, this one's not like it's it's very personal and very impactful for me. Yeah, uh, I don't share this with anyone. I haven't shared this at all. I think my wife knows. Um, that's probably the only person. But um, we were we were in a, in a in a moment of worship. It was just a normal time. Like we were. We played a song. We were in a spontaneous moment. Nothing was really going on. Yeah. Um, and then I started thinking about the cross. And then I started thinking about um, the, the was it, thir- it was 39 slashes that, that, yeah. 
that he was hit with. And I was like, why am I thinking of that about that? And I dive in a little bit deeper and um, I heard the Holy Spirit say, I want you to play on the snare drum. I want you to play the 39 slashes. Whoa. And I, I like, I, it's, it kind of confronted me because you don't really know what he went through. Right. I don't really know what he went through. But in that moment, I, I just closed my eyes. And I, I mean, you start with one. And then like at like number 15, number 20, you're like, oh, this is a really long time. And I think around like number 18, I just started crying. Wow. I'm like, this is like a really long time. And mind you, no one knows what I'm doing. No one knows why I'm hitting this drum 39 times. No one knows um, what, I'm, what I'm thinking about. But I'm, I'm, I'm releasing something into the atmosphere and I, man, I got to like 39. I was just, I was, I was done. I was like, man, he loved us that much that he went above and beyond. He did the 39. He did the crown of thorns. He, wow. he has pierced hands. He has pierced feet, uh, uh, his pierced side. And he, he literally did it all. So I think that's, that's a very personal one for me. No one really knows that one. Um, but yeah, that, that's another one that I would say, another, that's not even a moment. That's not, again, we were at a, a little church in, in Cleveland, Ohio. And that's, I, I was, yeah, that, that one marked me a lot. That's powerful, man. That's, how has, uh, and this is a, a question specifically from, from one of uh, uh, the podcast followers, Um her name is Noemi Flores, and I and I thought this uh, another Latina. Okay, um, <laughs> I thought this was a really good question because um, I was I wanted to ask you this, but I didn't know how to ask, and I thought she presented very well. She said, "How do you make sure to stay true to doing everything for the glory of God?" Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. I think every little thing matters. Um, the way I treat my wife at home matters. The way. Uh, I walk my dog and not get frustrated at her when she's not going to use the restroom matters. Uh, It matters in the little. So that way when big things happen, they still matter. So if, if you have the thought process of I'm going to do the dishes and this is going to be for the glory of God, Hmm. then that heart posture will always stay consistent to where now if you're at, I don't know, let's say an arena and you're playing in front of thousands and thousands of people, your heart posture doesn't change. And you know that this isn't for you. This isn't about you. This isn't to you. This is ultimately for him. Right. Um, so it's, it's remaining in the heart posture of this is all for him. Um, my quiet time with the Lord is for him. And the times where I'm, I'm in front of thousands and thousands of people are for him. And if a video hits and it has 4.9 billion views, then that's for him. Um, but also doing the dishes is for him and treating my wife good is for him and making sure that uh, I'm a good husband is for him. And my quiet time, my private time alone is for him. So I think it's remaining, it's having the fear of the Lord, knowing that everything is for him, everything is to him. Um, and he's always right here. I love what Michael Culliano says. Uh, he says, um, uh, the fear of the Lord is like having a dove on your shoulder. It's like, you don't want that dove to go away. Um, 
And what can I do? Uh, I'll do anything for this dove to remain. Because if you do any little movement, the, the dove is just going to go. So I think it's having the fear of the Lord um, wow. with you. The culture of Upper Room, obviously, is prayer. You know, you guys are based on prayer. How has that environment affected the way that you play, um, the way that you live, the way that, you know, um, um, you're communicating with people through your music? Man, I mean, the Lord said, my house will be a house of prayer. Yeah. He said, my house will be a house of prayer. That means that if his house is a house of prayer, then we should be praying. And to make, I think when I was a kid, I don't know if you, I don't know. This is just how I grew up. Prayer was a thing that you did when something was wrong yep. or when something was uh, not going your way. Uh, prayer was about what can I get out of it? Uh, prayer necessarily wasn't a communication. It wasn't uh, a conversation. It wasn't a, uh, it was only a one-sided like, Lord, I thank you. Or not even, I thank you, Father. I pray that I can pass my classes today or I pray that today I don't get in trouble for what I did wrong or but now that I'm a little bit older I've realized that prayer is the is is the main source of communication with 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 the Lord and with Holy Spirit I think it's so beautiful that that we can um that we can communicate with him and he can communicate back to us yeah so for me prayer is everything when I'm playing I'm constantly praying um, whether that's in tongues or whether I'm actually like, Lord, I pray right now that um, you 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 show yourself as as healer because uh, I feel healer. I, or Lord, I pray, Father, that you show yourself as provider for people who aren't providing or who don't have provision. Um, I, I'm just constantly praying. It's it's a constant communication that my heart's going through with the Lord. So I'm not just up there playing. Uh, I'm not just up there uh, trying to figure out what kind of fill I can do or what kind of rhythm or B, I can play. No, everything, every, like I said earlier, every little thing matters. Yeah. Um, and that's also with the things that are going inside your heart. Uh, I think the Bible is so beautiful to highlight the heart so many times throughout Scripture. Um, there's a reason that the heart matters. And I believe if we open our, our the, the eyes of our heart to, to see what the Lord is doing in a room and play from that place, um, it, it just shifts the way we all play. Um, but it, it starts with prayer. Wow. What would you recommend, uh, let's say, a, a drummer who um, is coming into the church or has been in the church and, and you know, they, um, they, they want to operate in a level where they have that type of access to, um, to release heaven upon, you know, the people that they're, they're leading. What would you recommend yeah. to them? Yeah, I, I mean, I would recommend the secret place is important. Um, I think exposure exposes everything. So it's like if, if exposure at the wrong time is not going to be good for your heart and right. it's not going to be good for you in, in, in general. So I think um, to cultivate a, a lifestyle of, of devotion with the Lord partnered with uh, cultivating a lifestyle of I'm going to, I'm going to take care of my craft. I'm going to study my craft. I'm going to, I, man, I took drum lessons until my drum teacher kicked me out. He's like, yeah, I have nothing more to teach you. You, you need to go. <laughs> so, and I, I love that. I, just being dedicated to your craft and being dedicated to the quiet place is, is, wow. is what I would recommend. Because apart from those two things, like you need to, you need to take your, your craft seriously. Um, and you also need to take your quiet time seriously. Uh, yeah. Make sure, make sure that you're in the word. Make sure that 
um, that you're serving at your house. Uh, yes. You're serving at your church. You're not just trying to climb up the ladder. There's not really a, a ladder to climb. Um, just that whole concept of like trying to get to the top is so weird to me. Yeah. Um, just because that's not, that's not that's not the end goal for for a drummer. That my end goal wasn't to climb the ladder to be the drummer at upper room. I was just showing up to serve in a prayer room. And then I was showing up to serve at another prayer, at another prayer set. And I just kept serving and serving and I would show up and I would say, yes, I'll, I'll help here. I'll help there. And that just kind of led to um, what it is now. Um, so I, I would say de- personal time, devotion time with the Lord, uh, being uh, dedicated to your craft and always having a servant heart is what glues everything together. Got a new project out, man. We Drop do. today. We do. It surprised me. I was like, uh, I was telling uh, Enzo, I was like, man, this is, see, this is why you get Jesus as your executive producer. Because <laughs> he'll make sure that we we book the interviews at the right time. That's right. Um, yeah, man. Arbor, uh, tell me about this project, man. Uh, how did it come about? What is the heart behind it? Um, what was your involvement in it? Just whatever you can tell me. Yeah, uh, Arbor, man, I loved, I loved that we got to do an instrumental album. Um, it really is a, an album full of uh, spirit-filled music, but not like it's it's just good music partnered with spirit-filled music. So it's a really beautiful combination of both. Um, it's really funny because we gathered Oscar Gamboa. He's uh, he was the producer of this whole record. He made sure that everyone was on time that's my cousin i'm so proud of him he did an amazing job he was in all creative meetings he was there from like making sure that people are turning in their songs on time making sure his songs are on time and then creating songs with everyone so oscar's a big shout out to oscar oscar did amazing um but we he he sent out an email saying that he felt like uh, if we were to do an instrumental album he he thinks that it should be the sound of the house and that just doesn't mean that it should be um, us, me and my cousins playing on it. It should be all of our prayer room musicians, all of our, some of our elders, um, uh, songwriters, uh, just everyone that we could think of that we could involve. Uh, so uh, we got literally some of our elders are playing. I sat down with dear elders of ours, Phil and Melissa Smith yeah. and Oscar and I, we sat down and we made a, a beautiful song together. And do, did we know what we were going to get into? No, but it turned out amazing. Uh, we have that. We have one of our uh, our first drummers that ever played it, if not the first drummer who played at Upper Room when it was just a tiny, tiny little room, uh, prayer room. Um, Dustin Horn, he played drums on, on a track and he got to produce a track. And then we have some of our newer guys who are, who've been here for like less than a year, more than a year, uh, producing songs that I think the first one, it's or that second one that you were talking about with the big hits yep. that was a whole team of, of young guys i say young they're like my age of, of guys who are like um who are new to upper room a little bit and and they got to go to a studio and track all this stuff and and make it what it was and i was so impressed and so shocked and i was i it's a crazy album i love it i love everything about it yeah man i was listening to it while um i was driving here and it was snowing, and I was just like, "This is this is this is this is crazy." How how does it feel, man, to to be a part of a movement like this? Because people yeah. are like literally flying to upper room. 
Yeah. They're, they're literally flying. Like, I'm sure you're getting like, oh, I'm, I'm coming from uh, uh, Illinois. I'm coming from Maryland. I'm coming from, you know, probably out across the, uh, the world or something, right? Like, people are flying yeah. to come experience what the Holy Spirit is doing at Upper Room. What, is that, what does that feel like, man? Man, that I think that's very, uh, that's very humbling. It's very beautiful. Uh, I don't take it lightly. I think it's very, it's very beautiful. Um, I love our pastors, Pastor uh, Michael and Larissa Miller. Yeah. Uh, they are so intentional with everyone. Uh, they are, uh, they, they literally are the most loving uh, pastors I've ever uh, wow. gotten under. Um, so they, they are very intentional. They know that, that it's not just a church. It's not just a, a, a prayer room. It's also a movement. Um, so they're always thinking about what, what they can do. I think um, they, they love hosting uh, prayer events. Uh, yeah. So we, I think before COVID, we were, we were planning a few conferences. We were planning a few, uh, uh, a little tour, fly date or something like that to where we could go out and be a movement and be a church and then be a prayer room because we're all three. And it's, it's, it's wow. hard to manage, but uh, it, they're – they are the best leaders for this and I couldn't be more, more blessed to be under them. So, um, I, I, it's not an easy thing to be a prayer room, a church and a, a global movement, uh, but they handle it so beautifully. And I, and I, and I look up to them a lot. Oh man, I got to make my way down there. <laughs> I, bro, I, if ends up to come, you can. Bro, I know, I know. I, no, I was just in uh, I was telling uh, my girlfriend, she's in Houston and I was like, we have to, we have to make that trip. I was like, yes. man, so no, we'll definitely be there soon. Um, man, Sebastian, thank you so much, bro, for, for coming on, for making the time. Um, I, I know that you have a lot going on. And so I'm just truly, truly, truly appreciative of you making this time. Is there any, any last words, any last messages that you would like to uh, leave for our audience? Yeah, I just uh, thank you. For having me thank you guys for listening to this and uh i pray that this is a, a blessing it blessed me uh to be able to share so i'm i'm just i'm blessed to be here thank you so much bro thank you thank you thank you thank you um and for everybody tuning in if you want to learn more about sebastian if you want to learn more about upper room all the links will be down below whether you're tuning in from spotify apple music youtube wherever you're tuning in from you can check down below. You'll find all the links needed to be able to uh, reach them and see what they're doing. I highly, highly, highly encourage you guys to check it out if you haven't. If you've been living under a rock and you don't know who Upper Room is, uh, do yourself a favor. Go on YouTube. Go on, on Apple Music. Look it up because it's it's insane. It's insane. Um, as always, if you uh, enjoy the episode and you want to keep up with what we're doing here at The Wandering Sun, make sure you follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Instagram. Everything is at The Wandering Sun on Facebook as well. We're pretty much everywhere. I thank you so much um, for tuning in. I pray that Holy Spirit continues to fill your life with joy, with peace. Um, and if you need any help, if you need uh, any community, if you need to talk with somebody, I'm always open uh, to have a conversation and to be able to see how I can help. So make sure you reach out to me at eric at thewanderingsun.com. I thank you so much. Bless you. In Jesus name. Thank you guys. Amen. Bye.